Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the mind-altering effects of simple money tricks. Maybe we should have called this one the psychedelic effects of handling your money properly. I know mind-altering does sound like we're going down another road, but we're not talking about anything drug-related here, no. It's exactly. just truly implementing some of these tricks is actually going to have uh, significant effects on your brain and how your brain thinks about money. Yeah, exactly. We started thinking about this episode, and we realized we were, we were specifically we're talking about some of these techniques or tricks that we can implement in our lives. But what we realized were so important about these specific ones that we're going to talk about today is the impact that, that it can have on our psyche, right? It can completely shift the way that we think about money. And when you have sort of this shift in the like the undercurrent and, you know, and how you view something, it can dramatically affect how it is that you go about handling something like your money. And so that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, buddy. No doubt. All right. But before we get to that, Matt, you just recently told me about kind of this 
revolutionary way to to dry out your phone if you drop it in the toilet, which almost all of our listeners, I'm sure, well, have done at some point or another. Or not drop it in the toilet. I thought about you specifically because you're talking about your old phone, how Ezzy, how he would just keep sticking the end of it in, in his mouth. I was <laughs> yeah. like, even yeah. for that, uh, this technique would work. And okay. So, yeah, this is a great great thing I came across. Because most people, what they do, if something like that happens, if it gets a little wet or when whatever. You, or you hear people saying that they do. Or a toddler sticks in their mouth, they put it in a bag put, of rice. Put it in a bowl of rice or a bag of rice. That's yeah. what I do. Exactly. So the problem there. And it works okay. Is if it's well, if it's really wet, it can actually cause more problems, right? Like if you've got water coming out of like the port where it plugs in, it can get gooey, cause even more problems. But uh, I came across this tip, and they talked about how you know those. Uh, so when you get like a pair of shoes in the mail or electronics, oftentimes it'll come with those those little packs, the little silica gel, also known as desiccant packs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So the, the, the kind that you're not supposed to give to your infants, right? Just do not eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not food. <laughs> That's what it says on there. Uh, but somebody was saying how every time you get one of those, take it, throw it in a Ziploc bag or another airtight uh, container like a mason jar, something like that, right? And then if you ever find yourself in a position where you need to dry out your phone, a bunch of those in a sealed container is going to be much, much more effective at drawing out the moisture from your phone uh, than a bowl or a bag full of rice. You can actually buy these on Amazon, right? I, I saw you can spend like eight bucks and you can buy like 300 of, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> of the tiny things. Um, or the fact is that we get them for free. And so why not just instead of throwing them you know, in the trash where it goes to a landfill, just take those and save them. Uh, and you were asking, well, what happens when they get full of moisture, <laughs> right? Because it, it seems like they would be ineffective. And what you do is you take them, you put them on a baking sheet, you stick them in your oven at uh, 150 degrees for 15 minutes and it dries them out. So they get dry, let them cool, but then take them and put them back in an airtight container and then it'll definitely be good to go the next time that as he sticks your new phone in his mouth <laughs> and completely goos it up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, I'm keeping it away from him as much as I can. But no, that's a good tip, man. And, and I think, yeah, it, it prevents some waste. It allows us to use something that we're already getting into our home in a way that's more effective than the current way we're trying to do things, or at least the current way I'm trying to do things by sticking it in a bag of rice. Yeah, we've well, had to do that. people do that yeah and especially with young kids we've had to do that a few times uh a remote even too like a, oh, it, that's yeah. another thing that gets wet or gets stuck in a mouth and so <laughs> there's all sorts of things You're like why is this so wet <laughs> there's a problem here yeah why is this not working properly <laughs> oh he ate it that's why so all right it's good to know i'm gonna hold on to some of these things and it's nice to know that they're reusable too that's yeah I, cool. I like to think of it as sort of like a first aid kit for your phone <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> a exactly emergency pack no doubt all right well let's mention the beer we're having on the show today this one's called bound by time it's by edmund's Oast. This is a brewery out of Charleston, and we'll uh, give our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get on to the subject at hand. We're talking about the mind-altering effects of simple money tricks. And Matt, you know, we talked recently about bigger money moves and how those can have more of an impact on us financially than a bunch of small ones, right? Like maybe two or three big money moves, if you make those, it's probably going to mean more than a hundred smaller money moves, uh, at least or, when it comes to the bottom line. Right. Or even one big move. Yeah. You know, if you pick the right big move, like housing or something like that, yeah, most definitely. It could seriously have a, a dramatic outsized impact compared to a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. Little tricks aren't always going to get us all the way to our money goals. There are, however, some small techniques and tricks that we can implement to handle money better that I think are going to make a big difference over the years. They can change, I think, our relationship to money in general. It's not just that you'll save five bucks when shopping online today. It's that these techniques are actually going to allow us to rethink our overall approach to how we save and spend. And that's the powerful thing. It's not the money that you save uh, in the here and now this week. It's the change in the way that you treat and think about money that's going to have an impact for, you know, a lot of years to come. 
Yeah, potentially your lifetime, right? And you know, the biggest argument too for making some of these smaller changes in your life uh, when it comes to your money is that these these smaller tweaks, of course, they can be more attainable, right? It can be really difficult to implement, uh, say, a new massive paradigm shifting approach to your spending. Uh, it's difficult to go cold turkey and change your ways on a dime. But by implementing some small techniques and tricks, uh, we're able to get the ball rolling and those positive changes we make now will continue to have outsized results down the road. Uh, and then almost you know, more importantly, you'll begin to view your money in a completely new light. And that's what we're excited to discuss today. Yeah. All right. So let's give a quick example of what this looks like. Uh, we're, one thing that we're not going to be talking about in this episode is like the, the savings app Acorns. It is a perfect example of a fintech product that uses automation to trick us into saving more money. And that works well for a whole lot of folks. Sure. They've got extra money in their savings because they let Acorns round up their purchases and save some money for them on their behalf. But if you take Acorns away, what do you have left? Well, a user is likely to go back to their old ways because that app hasn't fundamentally changed how they view their money. It certainly helped facilitate something, but it didn't change anything deep down inside of us. <laughs> and uh, they've essentially received monetary benefits without the mental shift that you and I are going to be advocating for in this episode. Not that Acorns is bad. Acorns is still good. And <laughs> we think automation is still good. But we would say that there's something to taking more of an analog approach when it comes to some of these money tricks and the psychological benefits that you're going to that you're going to see uh, by doing so. Yeah, I think sometimes we can become over-reliant on technology or these apps, which is why, yeah, an analog or a manual approach, however you want to want to describe it, but there are certainly benefits that we receive from those. I think it's almost like using GPS versus the old school maps we oh, have yeah. to use, right? Versus and knowing how to get there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, And there are places I should know how to get to by now, but I don't. <laughs> if I don't. It's, it's a place that's like 15 minutes away, and it's because... You're like, let me just pull out the phone. Yeah, but if my phone is dead or something like that, I'm out of luck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to get there. And so I think, you know, that's that's kind of maybe what we're advocating for here too is to skip the GPS, figure out in the analog world how to actually get to your destination. And there's actually, uh, you know, reasons for doing that. Yeah, yeah, there's deeper benefits that we receive. So for that reason, we don't want this to just be an episode that's about uh, the simple techniques that could allow us to spend less and save more money. Uh, we're also going to focus on the the mind-altering effects that some of these simple modifications can have on our personal finances. But we are all about automation. Again, you know, we, we dedicated an entire episode on it. That was episode 161. But sometimes it can lead to behaviors that aren't rooted in principle. And, you know, for that reason, we're going to get a little more kind of manual versus, uh, you know, and less automation in this episode because we're, we're looking for that lasting mindset shift. Yeah. And when you have a shift in mindset, you'll see the effects in your saving, your spending and your investment plans. And these are changes that I think that anybody can benefit from, whether you're uh, just getting started with personal finance and maybe you're new to the podcast or you are getting closer to financial independence or closer to retirement, whether you've been handling your money well for decades. Implementing a, a couple of these tricks that we're going to discuss can have a big impact on your relationship with money, whether you're good with money already or not. Yeah. And again, you know, the reason that we're focusing on these smaller changes and how they can have a big impact on how it is that we kind of view our money overall is because it kind of goes back to the psychological payoff, right? And so just like you said, Joel, regardless of where you are on your personal finance journey, when you're able to see immediate results, like that always feels good. You get that small dopamine release <laughs> by accomplishing maybe a relatively minor task, but those small tweaks you make can really add up. And that's the reason why our seven money gears starts with the, the simplest task of getting money in the bank for an emergency 
emergency fund. Of course, you get the immediate result of a little more financial margin. But then all of a sudden, you know, this deeper shift begins to happen. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're a saver, which gives you the confidence then to move on to the next gear. It's all about maintaining that momentum. Yeah. And, and what's great about a lot of these techniques and tricks is the fact that we can implement them as kind of like spending and saving rules. That way, during moments of financial temptation, which we all have, when we're really actually put to the test, we don't have to try and decide in the moment whether this is a good decision or not, because we've previously made the decision already. And I think that's really helpful to folks, because uh, when it comes to the moment of whether or not you're going to eat dessert, well, have uh, I mean, <laughs> you're going to choose yes, unless you've made a decision beforehand. It's like, but it smells so good. <laughs> exactly, that you're not going to do it. It's helpful to have decided how you're going to respond during moments of clarity, like when you're setting goals towards the beginning of the year versus when you want to buy something and your judgment might be clouded. When I'm smelling the scent of cookies wafting mm. from the kitchen, it's going to be harder for me to say no to that than if I've kind of written something down previously and I've come to the conclusion that I'm not doing dessert this month, right? Yeah, so true, man. It's hard to beat the uh, the scent of fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. By like, the way, I'm not saying pretty I'm pretty much not... never going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that I'm eliminating dessert. I'm just saying like, you know, if, if someone theoretically <laughs> Hypo- does. Hypothetically, <laughs> for, for somebody else. Yeah, honestly, this kind it makes me just think of a budget. Well, you know, the reason you create these categories is so that you don't really have to think about it in the moment. You're kind of reaching the end of the month and you're thinking about maybe getting some more takeout. Well, it's going to be really easy to convince yourself to get more takeout if you don't want to cook dinner. But if you can look at your restaurants or takeout category, and if you've only got like five bucks left, that's not going to get you very far. So <laughs> it's time to cook some food at home, maybe pull out some leftovers. Uh, but it's all about eliminating. Or it's, or it's Taco Bell takeout. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would totally eat Taco Bell if we had one around us. We're, we're kind of like in this Taco Bell desert. Have you ever realized that? That's, you know, you're right. There are I guess. no Taco Bells near us. I hadn't really thought about that because I wasn't worried about it. But <laughs> now you are. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, uh, in a sense, kind of these techniques and these practices are a good way to kind of remove some of that mental fatigue that sometimes accompanies. Uh, making these financial decisions. And so, you know, this is why we're dedicated an episode to these simple personal finance techniques. It can be more effective to completely dominate some of these smaller tasks than to just slog away towards an overwhelming goal like retirement that, you know, might be 30 to 40 years away. But then along the way, they'll begin to alter how it is that we think about our money, you know? And so we'll discuss some of these specific techniques, some of these tricks uh, that you can implement in your life right after the break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop mm-hmm. they were fresh out of the oven they had that perfectly flaky crust but guess what that serendipitous experience would never had happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel we had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town thanks to airbnb oh man i'm still dreaming about those meat pies you're making my <laughs> you're making me drool and while turning to airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, simple money tricks and how they can have a mind-altering effect. And Matt, let's get straight into some of the tricks that we think can be helpful. Some of these you you might have heard of before, but we're going to kind of give a deeper explanation for why we think they're important and why you should consider trying a couple of these tricks out. And it's not just, again, because uh, you might save five bucks today. It's because it might alter the way you view your money. It can change the way you save and spend. And one of the things that we think is worth considering is instituting a no spend week or even a no spend month. And this is a technique that can help you reconsider your spending through forced absence. At the very least, setting aside a week to not purchase a dang thing can save you some real money. But that time spent not purchasing can lead to questioning the way you think about spending money in the first place. And this is good, right? It raises our awareness level to spending that might have become second nature and that needs to be questioned in our life. Instituting a period where you are forcing yourself to curb 
all of your spending uh, can really shake things up in a meaningful way. Yeah, well, so that's the whole point of doing this, right? You know, you can change this up uh, and enforce a no maybe takeout challenge for a month straight. No Taco Bell for at least a month. Yeah, no problems. Easy in no our Taco case. Bell's near this. <laughs> you know, or you can make yourself drink at home coffee, like say for six weeks straight. You know, whatever you choose, forcing yourself to change your spending habits reinforces the fact that you don't have to continue to do the things the way that you've always been doing them. So in this way, money challenges can be a great way to catalyze action and ramp up your ability to save. In addition to that, you add to a little bit of accountability, maybe some friendly competition, and you're definitely going to be well on your way to yeah, spending less money and saving more. Yeah, no spending challenge with a friend. <laughs> it Dude, like, makes it even better, I think. Yeah, if you have somebody in your life who is striving after the same goals that you are, you're both going to benefit, right? Like it makes me think of uh, in high school. Uh, I was in a high school government, U.S. government class, right? And me and my buddy John, <laughs> we're, we're both in there, and neither of us were that great of students. <laughs> but for whatever reason, uh, we we just got into this competition to see who could just outperform the other person. Dude, I have never done so well in a class in all of high school, dude, even college, like in my entire <laughs> life, than in that government class. Uh, I mean, literally, we were acing every single pop quiz, every single test. We were getting 100s. Uh, and like our teacher, she thought we were cheating. <laughs> she thought we had some sort of racket going on, but it was just because like him, like we were just really competitive. He like lived down the street from me as well. And for us, we had this mental shift where these lackluster students all of a sudden were able to, to turn a page and we became amazing students. Uh, and it all came down to how it was that we viewed, uh, that specific class. We wanted to <laughs> outdo the other guy and it led to us being able to uh, do much better in that class. Yeah. Uh, the effects are real and meaningful when you have like a little bit of friendly competition going on. So yeah, I think it's a good way for people to approach this. It makes more fun too. You're like, it's not purely utility based. I think a competition adds a lot of uh, fun and intrigue to the process. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of spice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Some folks too have done like a complete no spend year. There's an author, Kate Flanders, who wrote about her year of not buying new stuff in a book called The Year of Less. Matt, our friend Katie Wilk Stanley, doesn't buy new stuff at all ever. That's true. <laughs> I saw her fixing a pair of her old Birkenstocks the other day and I was like just mad impressed every time like with what she posts on Instagram. Squirted some of that Gorilla Glue in there. I think yeah. it's good to go. Exactly. And more power to these folks or if you want to give something that big a try, go for it. Uh, it's intense but curbing spending for a shorter period of time definitely has some advantages too. It doesn't have to be taking on some new lifestyle mantra. <laughs> it really can be just a week or a, or a month that shows you that you actually do have the willpower to resist some of the things that were natural urges in your life life. Um, you really can avoid some of the spending that came so naturally. It's just important to prioritize implementing a period of time where you abstain altogether. And I think that does have effects that go beyond just the money you save during that specific period of time. Yes. And similarly, creating sort of this mandatory wait period before buying anything new is another way to, to curb spending as well, right? You know, there are items that, that seem like they're totally necessary in the moment. Uh, but if we have a 72-hour uh, rule, it can help us to truly assess whether or not it's a good purchase. Chances are you'll even forget about that item altogether <laughs> or it will you know, languish in your shopping cart uh, at an online store. But you know, if three days later you still want or you still need that item, then you can finish that purchase at that point. Uh, and you know, this kind of makes me think about uh, our episode that we had with Joshua Becker about minimalism. This was episode 187. It's not about saving a few dollars here and there. It's not about saying that, okay, let's not spend money for a week. Because then if you don't make any change, if, if there's no deeper change that happens in your life, well, you're going to make up for all that spending two weeks later. <laughs> it's just like the economy that, that you know economists are predicting that 2021 is going to be insane. The pent-up demand is there. Because it's there, exactly. But hopefully this period of time has allowed some people to truly look at their lives and say, like travel is the big thing, right? Uh, that, that we haven't been able to partake in. But hopefully there'll be a lot of folks who are like, wait a minute, 
I'm actually pretty happy not traveling. Like I don't yeah. need to go on that fancy vacation. And so that's what we're challenging people to do, you know, with either no spend challenges uh, or at least by just delaying their purchase for just a little bit. Yeah. And in the case of our episode with Josh Becker that you mentioned, it's more about living more of a minimalistic lifestyle. He's less about the money you save and he's more about the lifestyle you want to live and being proactive and not bringing too much junk into your life because it clutters things up. Right. And so, yeah, maybe that's part of the realization too when you have a 72 hour rule. I don't need all this stuff. It's it becomes less about the money and it becomes more about uh, doing things intentionally um, and not bring things into your life that are just going to weigh you down. Yeah, there's there's a host of benefits aside from just the monetary benefits. Right. If you can change your views around consumption, then I think we've got the potential to delay consumeristic tendencies, not for just a few days, but for a lifetime to really make a lasting change. Let's uh, bring up another one too, Matt. People should consider the trick of using cash instead of plastic uh, when possible. You're, you and I are obviously fans of responsible credit card use, but since we're talking about techniques that are going to help us spend and save better, as well as change the way we think, using actual dollar bills has a legitimate effect on your spending habits. Paying with credit cards allows you to score cash back and travel rewards, which is great, but studies show that it's less painful to swipe your card through the credit card reader, or I guess you're not swiping anymore, you're inserting with the chip, right? But uh, Sometimes the, the chip reader's broken, though, and they're like, it just swipe. Just swipe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's easier to do that than it is to pull pull money out of your wallet, it feels more real in essence when you're pulling cash out. And feeling that pain is exactly the trick that you want to play on your brain if you're looking to curb your spending. You can also do something else because uh, credit card rewards are meaningful and they're good. You can keep a check register um, with you, but deduct the amount out of your bank account every time you make a purchase with a credit card. At least you're doing something physical to acknowledge that money is actually leaving your account. You're, You're seeing your bank account balance dwindle every time you make a purchase. And I think that's another good way to to reinforce and feel kind of the pain of spending in the moment. Yeah, I don't write it out by hand like in an old school uh, checkbook register. <laughs> but that's exactly what I do when I manually reconcile my credit cards on Excel. And so, th- I mean, there's lots of services out there where you can link up your finances, you know, with your credit cards and, you know, have it all automated. But the actual process of me inserting it and, and typing it out and seeing that like, oh, actually, that, that date night was really expensive. But it has an impact on the next date night we take, you know? Taco like, Bell. It'll be, ta- <laughs> it'll be Taco Bell. But we'll have to drive across town, though, to, <laughs> true. to get that bean and rice burrito, which is, by the way, the cheapest and most calorie-dense item they sell. Good to know. I'm pretty sure. And I think it's the, the healthiest, too. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Um, honestly, <laughs> probably compared to... Uh, it's, it's, it's Like a fried deep-fried chalupa exactly. or something. <laughs> or the Doritos Locos taco, you know? It's like, is this a taco or is, am I eating just like a bag of chips with like <laughs> a bag of Doritos? Man, let's talk about uh, a way to help you make a better decision when you are making uh, a bigger or an out-of-the-ordinary purchase. An effective way to determine whether you can afford that item or not, a good question to ask yourself is, can I also put the amount of this purchase in an IRA? And if the answer is no, then we're suggesting that you might want to forego that purchase until you can. Yeah, so let's give an example to drive that one home, Matt. Let's say you're looking to buy uh, some AirPods for 200 bucks. I think that that's what they cost, right? R- roughly 200 bucks. Uh, well, only go through with that purchase if you're willing to sock away another $200 into an investment account. So that's a total of 400 bucks coming out of your savings. It can provide a more realistic view of your actual financial health. If you can't do both, then you probably shouldn't be doing either. And this is a technique, I think, to balance spending and investing for your future at the same time. I found this to be a really helpful trick that helps maybe inhibit my desire for the newer, bigger, more expensive things because 
because I'm like, man, if I'm going to do that, <laughs> then I'm going to have to put some, I'm going to put the equal amount of money away for my future. Um, and maybe I'm just not ready to do either, or maybe I am ready to do both. Yeah. I don't know, but it can be a helpful way to at least think about those bigger purchases. Yeah. And if you implement something like that, what's great about that is that that's an example of one of those rules, right? It's not something that you have to think about. It's just something that you have to execute on. I'm not saying that it's easy, <laughs> but if you've subscribed to that rule and you know that, that that's something that you want to continue to do, there's no sort of deciding you know, how you're going to go about it. It's like, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. But then, of course, the, the long lasting implications of this too is not just the ability to save a little bit of money now, but it, it, it does help you to rethink your purchases. It's like, okay, am I only going to put money away towards uh, you know this sort of special thing, this one-off, you know, out of the ordinary expense, or am I instead going to prioritize investing for the long haul? Just like with all these techniques, we're trying to introduce ways for you to reframe how it is that you're thinking about your money. Uh, and you know, the same is true too for recurring expenses. You know, when you cut a recurring expense. Increase your retirement contributions by that same dollar amount. Uh, so, for example, we talk about lowering your cell phone bill or uh, shopping with insurance providers to get a lower rate. But don't just absorb that money into your life and start spending it. Uh, a great technique here is to ramp up what you're saving for retirement and to push those savings directly into a retirement account. You know, And so, for instance, if you go from a $75 a month down to a $20 cell phone plan, which is totally legit, like that's totally possible, uh, take that $55 and then funnel it into your Roth IRA. Again, we're trying to reframe some of these expenses, right? You're not just saving $55. You're in fact saving over $100. Like you need to see that my net worth is going to increase by two times that amount that I'm saving because I'm going to take that money and invest it. It's not just about saving, it's about creating a positive return as well. For sure, man. All right, let's talk about another trick I think that can help us when, when it comes to how we think about our money. And another technique that you can employ is to set up a completely separate checking or saving account for a specific goal, like saving for a down payment on a house by essentially creating a fence around that money, by siloing it off into uh, you know another institution, you're also creating a mental barrier that's going to keep you from tapping that money for other reasons. At the very least, you can use something like savings buckets within your current checking or savings account. Ally has just an awesome buckets feature if you have an account there. But there is something to the fact of if you go in there and you're like, oh, that money set aside for my vacation this year, that's going to be really fun. I want to make sure that we can fully fund that. And you pull money out of there to buy some sort of disposable product now or a new item of clothing. Like those AirPods. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're taking money from that vacation that you really want to go on. And so it feels like you're robbing yourself almost in right. another area of life. And you actually kind of want to feel that. I think I think if you do set things up in that way, that's exactly the, the effect that we're going for <laughs> with this money trick is you want to feel like that money is named for something specific and you don't want to ruin your ability to enjoy that future thing you're saving for in order to pay for something right now. Yeah. And so by naming your money, hopefully there's this lasting lifelong shift that's that's taking place, right? Uh, which is that you are approaching your money with a plan. By giving it a name, it means you have a plan for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you were to, like you said, if you were to take from that, you're basically going against your plan. And so hopefully you would feel some cognitive dissonance at the very least, <laughs> right? I'm robbing myself. Yeah, this is not like, cool. Like, wait a minute, I had a plan, but what happened to it? And so we think that by just doing this, the simple thing, it would, it's going to allow you to, to be more effective at reaching your financial goals. 
Yeah, by naming your money, it makes it much more likely that you're actually going to reach those more important, further off goals that you have set for yourself. And oftentimes, those are the more meaningful goals. <laughs> those are yeah. the those are the goals that actually resonate with us. That's why we called them out. That's why we dedicated a bucket to it in the first place. And we are, in most cases, not going to rob ourselves of that future goal and destination just for something small and trifling uh, in the meantime, right? And and so yeah, I think naming the money helps us realize that's what we're doing. Uh, whereas that is what we're doing when we haven't named our money, but it's harder to visualize that. It's harder to realize that. So siloing your money can actually have a really big impact on your ability to keep going after those bigger goals that you have. Yeah. So you said siloing and we're talking about naming our money. It actually makes me think of like- like Building a farm? Yeah, it kind of does. It's like on a farm, like you hear stories about when uh, there's kids and they like name the chickens or they name like, I don't know, the pigs or the cows or something like that. It makes it a little bit harder <laughs> to, to actually uh, butcher them and, and use them for what they're being produced for yeah. because there's more of an attachment to it. And so aside from your dietary preferences, when you have money that has a name on it, it's a little bit more precious, right? It's a little bit more sacred. You want to make sure that you are being uh, very intentional. Like when the time does come to tap that resource for whatever it's being you know, set aside for, you want to make sure that it counts. Yeah. Bacon's great, but it's different <laughs> if it's Wilbur, you know, like <laughs> you just don't want to do that. This is coming from somebody who knows nothing about farms, but uh, you know, like I feel like when you name something, it has more meaning, and yeah. so I, that's what we're talking about. I here. mean, I'm just thinking about Charlotte's Web, like legit. Yeah, yeah. Wilbur had a name, and he and Fern loved him. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, we've got a, a few more mental tricks to get to that are going to help people implement solid money habits for decades to come. Let's get to a couple more of those right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money 
Joel. So we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back in. Let's go ahead now. Let's talk about some actions to take uh, that will lead to you know some more mental shifts that will help you to spend and save better uh, and just to have a better relationship towards money in general. Uh, and one of these that we want to recommend for folks to do is to, when it comes to financial meetings or talks that you might have with a significant other, Make sure that you're having those meetings with your favorite beverage in hand. Yes. This is something that we've taken to heart. And every time <laughs> you and I sit down and talk about money, we're going to crack open a craft beer. It's what we do. And it's not that I wouldn't want to talk about money anyway with you, buddy. But having a beer at the same time just it's, makes me all that more uh, jazzed about doing it. It makes us look forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. You, so, you know, of course, you want to do all the boring and necessary stuff like, you know, having it on the counter. So you stick with having these meetings regularly, jointly if you have a significant other. But uh, make a plan to share an excellent beer or a bottle of wine while having your regular budget meetings. Or uh, just not a Coke with coffee. I had one of those recently. <laughs> not very good. Don't oh, really? It's like a brand new thing in Coke. But uh, if you don't like like alcohol or That's drink good. alcohol, you should you know find another beverage that you like. But just Stay not Coke with Coke. coffee. Yeah. So is it called Coke with coffee? Because way back in the day uh, in college, it was called Coke Black. Yeah, now it's called Coke with coffee, I think. And Black with a K. It wasn't great. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I know you love your Coke, so. <laughs> <laughs> but do get whatever beverage it is that's going to make you excited about that meeting, right? And, you know, you could even, like, play a board game or, or watch an episode of your favorite show afterwards. You know, sticking to a budget, like, that can be painful enough as it is. So, at the very least, you can make your money conversations and planning meetings a lot more fun. Uh, just this one act creates a real change in perspective to how most people view money conversations. Man, I think we've talked about this before, but we're trying to get our kids to clean up. If you make it a game, 
then it changes the whole dynamic of cleanup. But if, if, you, make like, it, if you make it a race, right. they're going to try to beat each other out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's all sorts of ways to make boring routine things a whole lot more fun. And I think it's the same thing with a budget meeting. And yeah, the right beverage can uh, set the right tone for it. Maybe even light a candle. Who knows? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it romantic. That's fine. Uh, and then like paying most of your bills automatically is a great idea, right? We're, we're all about automation. But putting all of your bills on auto pay might not be the best idea. And I'll tell you why. That's because we often don't pay attention to the bills that change based on our usage. I'm specifically talking about monthly utility bills. One bill that Matt, I personally don't put on autopilot is my power bill. I refuse to do budget billing, even though they always prompt me for it. Mm. And I don't put it on auto pay either. I want to feel the pain. I want to see how large my bill is. And then I want to take 45 seconds to actually pay it. Just this physical act has a real effect on like my interactions with the thermostat, my choice to put on a jacket instead of turn up the heat, all that kind of stuff, man. So I got my long johns on right now, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But it, there's something about like the smoothed out nature of budget billing and having it on automatic pilot, having those payments um, just come out of your account automatically, where if you're one step removed from the actual money it's costing you. And so this is one instance where I say, no way to automation, and I'm going to pay that one every single month because I want to see what I'm using and I want to feel it viscerally. And, and there is a direct impact in my behavior because of it. Yeah, oftentimes things like budget billing or relying, over relying on an app or something like that can desensitize us uh, either to what we're spending or it can completely remove some of those benefits that we would receive by looking at the price, right? And, and one of the benefits in this case too is just using less energy overall. Another trick that we want to recommend for folks to consider is to think of the sticker price in terms of hours of work to buy something that you're interested in buying, right? And so this one requires you to know your hourly rate. Uh, we did an entire episode on this. This was episode 99. Uh, knowing your hourly rate is crucial uh, to be able to do the quick math. But thinking of a $120 purchase, say, as maybe half of your workday, that might put things in starker terms. You know, you're going to ask yourself, do I really want that gadget or, you know, or that new clothing item if it takes that much effort for me to actually receive it? Yeah, we talked about the difference between paying in cash and paying with a credit card. Paying with a credit card is easy, easier, right? It feels, you don't feel that you're being parted with your money in the same way. Well, you feel even more like you're being parted with your money when you think about it in terms of how many hours of work it took you to be able to buy that item, right? Yeah. And so maybe you're going to think twice about that sweet backpack because you're like, dang it, that's three and a half hours of work. And it's not worth that. It's, right. It sounds like it's worth 80 bucks, but it's not worth three and a half hours of your life. And so I think, yeah, thinking about it in those terms can be helpful. On that note too, Matt, uh, the stranger test is another technique to help curb consumption. We talked recently with Lisa Rowan and she had a book on money hacks. Uh, that was episode 307. Imagine a stranger handing you cash instead of the item you're attempting to purchase. That can provide helpful framing that can be instrumental in curbing impulse purchases. So like, do you want the $80 backpack or do you want 80 bucks. <laughs> and usually, almost always, I'm going to take the cash. <laughs> and so that means that I shouldn't buy the item. And that is just one more helpful trick in helping us curb spending and re rethink our relationship towards money in general. Yeah, of course, you're going to save that 80 bucks right there on the spot, like in that one instance, right? But by you know by doing that over and over, I think the uh, the lasting benefit that you receive is the ability to see money for what it's actually worth versus something that we just exchange for stuff that we then exchange for our time. Uh, and then that's the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, we generally just become a little more skeptical about 
using our money. We're, we're yes. more judicious, you know, yeah. before we just like uh, toss it out there on any random thing that crosses our Instagram feed. hundred percent, man. Yeah. One other way that we want to shift how it is that people think about their money is we want to encourage folks to uh, stop saving for retirement. Instead, save for your future self. You know, semantics are at play here a little bit, but one of the biggest hurdles that, that I think keeps people from investing enough for retirement is that they do a poor job at connecting what feels like sacrifice now to the benefits that they would receive from that money down the road, right? And so saving for retirement, it, it almost feels like a tax <laughs> or, or even this expense with very little upside because we don't receive anything right now, well, right? Part of me is like, am I actually ever really going to get that old? I mean, I know that I am, but but it's hard to <laughs> it's imagine It's hard that. to make that connection. I completely, no, I, I, I agree, dude. I know I'm going to have massive wrinkles one of these days, but like, <laughs> I'm just not quite there yet. I mean, I got a few, the bags under the eyes for sure, but. Yeah, it, with time. You know? <laughs> but, and so instead, you know, we want individuals to imagine like that they, are saving for their future selves. You know, it's, it's not like this separate person. It's not somebody else uh, that you're saving money for. It's who you are right now, just a little bit older, and it's going to happen sooner than you think. You know, we've talked about the Face app. Uh, you're able to, I don't know if it's still out there, uh, put out there by the Russians, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the ability to use these different apps to take a selfie and to make yourself look, you know, 50 years older is amazing. That alone right there can, can be the, the visual shock that you need to get yourself to do the right thing. Yeah, I think there was like a fidelity study or something that where where they did that with people who are saving for their their retirement who are younger and it really did have an impact on how much they decided to put yes. away for the future because they're like oh that's what I'm gonna look like in 30 40 years and I need to start saving for that dude because <laughs> uh, or that gal like whoever it is like I, I need to start thinking about my future self and postponing it is only hurting that person who is going to be me someday yeah and that's probably why too the older we get the more likely we are to save because we're closer to being those people right. we're like oh actually I am getting kind of old <laughs> but then it's just less effective right so the earlier we start yes. it's so much more effective yes so we have to kind of get that visual representation of what we're gonna look like you and I did that and uh, you know we decent looking I thought we looked real good 70 man. year olds but if I look like I mean I don't know those more like 85 year olds like <laughs> those guys were old but if I look that good when I'm 85 I'm gonna be happy yeah for sure and it's amazing I think how just like a little sleight of hand can make us feel like someone has powers that aren't in this world I'm talking about like magicians right like talking Dave, about the yeah. David Blaine I mean that guy does some incredible stuff and it's not like he actually has magical powers that are from another universe I don't know man I still don't know how he floats yeah I, I don't either yeah. But, yeah, but it's incredible <laughs> Right? It, the levitation it, trick is pretty I, good. I think the same kind of thing can be true of our personal finances, though. Like, you can go David Blaine on your finances. These tricks and techniques aren't mind blowing when you look at them on the surface. It's like, have a no spend month. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great tip, Matt and Joel. I mean, it's it's not something that, that we're not the first people to have ever thought of that, right? Uh, but if you implement just a couple of these, it can make a major difference over time in how you think about money in general and your perspective on the stuff. It's not about the money that you don't spend on that one purchase or the one no-spend month that you implement. It's about completely changing the way you view money altogether with a few simple tricks and techniques that are going to have a positive impact on you for years and years to come. And so, yeah, I don't know how David Blaine floats, but I do know how you can change the way you think about money. And it really is through using some of these techniques, trying some of these things out, implementing them into your life and seeing how they work out, seeing if it does gradually start to change the way you think about saving, spending, and investing. Yeah, dude, could not agree more. Uh, and the, here's the thing too. There are tons of tricks out there that we didn't mention, right? <laughs> and so if there are things that you are implementing in your life, 
ask yourself, you know, obviously there's probably going to be a monetary benefit that you're receiving right now, but then go another level deeper, like either ask yourself why it is that you're doing this or ask yourself, what is the, the other additional mental benefit that you are receiving by doing that? And hopefully you will find that there's something else that could lead to lasting change for the rest of your life, not just within that one purchase or that one ability to, to save a little bit more money. No doubt, Matt. Like as we were kind of coming to this episode, thinking about how we were going to talk about this topic, you and I decided that it was important to get a little more meta, go a little deeper when it comes to some of these money tricks. Like they are on the surface simple, but uh, but at their root, they have a long-lasting, deep impact. And I know they have. They've had that on us, man. Like my my thinking about money, although it might be weird, it might be like crazy to some people. It is in large part because I've tried some of these tricks. I've implemented them in my life. And it's like, man, I think about this stuff differently. Like it has yeah. every time I spend, it feels different. Yeah. And that's because, right, you know, these simple financial moves and these things that we can do, these tricks, they're anchored to like these deeper financial truths. And those are the truths that we want to point people to. For sure, man. All right. Well, let's get back to the beer that we had on the show because obviously having a beverage in hand while you talk about money just makes it much better. Today on the show, we had a beer called Bound by Time. It's by Edmunds Oast. Matt, what were your thoughts on this IPA? It was so very good. My first sip, uh, all I could think of was canned pineapple juice. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think it quickly faded after that, but I was really thirsty. And sometimes when you sit down and you have a beer and you're pretty thirsty, it tastes different to you. I feel like they taste even better when you're a little dehydrated. <laughs> Maybe not the best thing from a health perspective, but uh, you know, riding around on, on the bike a little bit. I did some of that today. I didn't replace those fluids with my hot water that's over there in my thermos. <laughs> did it with a beer instead. Did it with a beer instead. But uh, <laughs> it was really good, man. Yeah, I'm glad this was one you and I got to enjoy. Edmund's Oast, they, they're just making some really good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having more by them. Like We just started getting their stuff in Atlanta and... This one was really good, man. It was really smooth. I didn't necessarily get massive pineapple flavors out of it. It tasted like a really good IPA that just had just an incredible smoothness to it. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, almost like it had lactose in it, but I don't think it does. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's it's honestly probably an IPA that almost anybody could get behind because it's not super bitter. It's not super juicy. It's not super piney. It doesn't have any not of super those. super hoppy. Yeah. just like a great smooth drinking IPA. Yeah, for sure. Very flavorful, but still just incredibly smooth in its delivery too. So yeah, got, glad we got to have this one together. But that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want uh, show notes for this episode, just go to our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And if you've listened to the show for a while, we would love it if you were to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a solid rating and review over there. And if you've already done that, make sure to let a friend or a family member know or someone who might want to join you uh, on a money challenge, maybe a no-spend week or month, something like that. And as always, thanks in advance. All right, man. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.